Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Scream from 2022. That's right. This year we saw a new Scream film, the fifth in the Scream franchise, bringing back all the same meta commentary that we're used to along with some of our favorite characters like Dewey, like Gale, like uh, Sydney, They're all back, along with a bunch of new characters that they're bringing back, along with some new directors as well. Wes Craven, no longer with us, R.I.P. Uh, this one directed by a couple of giant fans of Scream, uh, Matt Benatelli, uh, Bet. Bettinelli, Open, and Tyler Gillett. Probably butchered both of those names as if I were wearing a ghost face mask. That is how badly I butchered those names. But both of those guys, huge fans of the original franchise. Uh, and you could tell there's a lot of love put into this film. A lot of love, uh, a lot of care, Um and uh, I think they did a good job. I think the writing of this film I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, it felt less strenuous to watch because it didn't have the layers upon layers of meta commentary going on like you you had in the first uh, three films specifically, at least the, the first two sequels, uh, Scream 2 and Scream 3. Just a lot, a lot of commentary. Scream 4, I think, switched it up and tried to do some new things which i i quite enjoyed and this one even more so uh and it feels a lot like a good in the world we're living in where franchise or franchises are being rebooted movies are given endless sequels all kinds of properties are are being reimagined left and right uh whether it's for money or for fandom uh, it's a very common thing. This one, I think, stands up with some of the best. Uh, this one turns out, in my opinion, to be one of the better uh, Scream movies. I would say it uh, it stacks up well uh, with the best. With the best. This is definitely one of the best. In a franchise that's got more wins than misses, I would say. Definitely some misses in the franchise, which at the end of the week, I will be doing a top five and ranking my scream, my favorite scream movies as I feel uh, from from worst to best. Uh, and this one made a good showing, let's say. I, I would say Scream is a nice mix of the original Scream as well as Scream 4. Say it, it, This movie gave me vibes of those two two films which i really appreciate it that's that's a high compliment i would say uh i don't know how the public views scream for i think i think it widely was uh, fairly well accepted i think uh, even though it still took forever to get another scream movie and maybe that had to do with wes craven maybe not uh but this movie itself not only was created by a couple of giant scream fans but the subject matter of this film has to do with the other side of that fandom coin, uh, but the toxic side of fandom. Uh, so similarly, I think in, in Scream 4, they had a, a very kind of a similar, very similar but adjacent type of a concept for 
the movie itself. Uh, where this one is is showing that that toxic fandom, which is also very common now. I mean, with with the internet as prevalent as it is, social media and fandom, fandom for any kind of property, really, uh, franchise, genre, uh, people, politicians, people can be diehard fans of a lot of crazy things these days. Uh, so thankfully one of those fans who comes from a place of love, uh, two of those fans who come from a place of love were involved in the creation of this movie, which I think it shows, which is why I think I enjoyed this movie so much. Uh, we also have, of course, Dewey, I said was back Dewey, not doing so well. Of course, his love affair with Gail Weathers throughout the franchise, uh, they have split up since the events of uh, Scream 4. Dewey's not doing so well, still living in Westboro, which makes sense for him to be still there. He's the, I don't know if he's still in the police department or not, but, you know, he's still at the hometown. Gail, following her passion to be a journalist, is now a morning news anchor in New York. So she has moved on. They have split uh, Sydney Prescott is no longer living in Westboro, which she's already left. She left after the events of, I think I want to say two. I don't think she was living in Westboro anymore for two. Um, but she's back in this movie. She's no longer there. She's got a whole family. She's got kids. She's got a husband. We don't see any of them. But they all end up coming back, which I, you know, the, the trifecta of characters, the OGs from the Scream franchise, the few survivors of these movies are back. And we're introduced to a plethora of new characters. This one, casting-wise, unlike the original franchise, the original movie has a very diverse cast of characters. Uh, although I would tone down the, the, the definition of character a bit because none of them seem to have the pop and the uniqueness that the original characters from the original film did just like each one of those teenagers in the original film had a, a unique flavor to them whether it was Skeet Ulrich or Dewey I mean Dewey himself the fact that he's in this movie is but it's still an example of like how unique Gail Weathers like all of these characters all of these characters in this new movie seem very bland aside from two the relatives of Randy the movie nerd from the first couple movies uh his sister who appears in the third film uh now has two kids who are also huge movie nerds and also know the legacy of their uncle uh, who died and has been immortalized in the Stab franchise, which now the Scream movie franchise is not only referencing horror movies in general and horror tropes in general, it can also reference this fictional movie franchise called stab that's been going through the entire series of scream based on the scream movies it is a fun type of a meta aspect of this movie that i that i quite enjoyed the fact that all these characters can now reference this fictional movie franchise in a way that that franchise can just represent 
a lot. Whereas in the previous movies, there were references in regards to so many things outwardly that it got a little bit too much. The Many Faces is an ongoing abstract ink portrait series that I started many years ago. I release new face every day, but go to inspireddisorder.com to check them out. So many available. But as a listener to The Ray Taylor Show, you can save 10% when you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out. So go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF. That stands for The Many Faces. Go check them out, browse the entire collection, and when you decide on a piece, or maybe multiple pieces, make sure you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out, and you'll save 10% as a big thank you for checking out my work, for collecting my work, and for listening to The Ray Taylor Show. And with that said, let's get back to the show. Like in, in, in Scream 3, there's like layers of references. Like they're even referencing uh, friends, other friends actors from the sitcom Friends uh, that Courtney Cox was in during the time of the, the original Scream movies. Like they're even referencing those things. So the universe at which these, these movies exist was a little bit complex, was a little bit too much by the third film. Um, and this one reigns it all back in, I think, and, and is able to do that because Stab is this franchise that exists within this movie, and I, and I appreciate that. And I think even for the opening of 4, where it had all of the different Stab intros, is so much similarly what this movie is doing. Both of those, Scream 4 and this one, Scream 5, technically, uh are able to use stab as a way to to have that meta meta textual context without having to be obscure with all of your references um which as a fan that means you don't have to do your homework you don't have to be like uh an encyclopedia of horror knowledge to get all of the references or be watching uh you know nbc on thursdays at eight you know back in the 90s so so i appreciate all that and this one has a nice open where we're seeing our new, uh, one of our new leads for this movie who is part of a sister, Tara Carpenter. Her sister, older sister, Sam Carpenter, is another one of these characters. Uh, great opening. Great opening. Smart. Uh, also refers to the, the new kind of subgenre of horror, elevated horror. Uh, which the Baba Duke is one of those references. There's a really funny line at the very end of this movie that's kind of a callback to the fact that Baba Duke is her favorite horror movie, uh, and she's not really into all of the the old school kind of horror movies like Friday the Thirteenth and stuff like that, or the Stab franchise, I should say. You're kind of. Uh, traditional horror films i guess you would say uh which elevated horror films there's definitely a lot more of that and i i appreciate that i appreciate any genre film kind of taken seriously it's always it's always interesting like it's it's something that i wish comedy would do a lot more 
because comedy it's it, like in all genre films it's so easy to get lazy and and not write good characters and not write good stories and just to rely on the tropes of what is scary of like jump scares and or gore or with comedy just like to write just stupid people and just have them do stupid things because it's it's a shortcut it's easy it's hacky and elevated horror does that and i think what this movie does in a lot of ways is it, it removes a lot of unnecessary things it brings some new things in uh, a little bit more violent this movie a little bit more gore also some guns which for a movie whose fictionalized franchise is called stab our killer in all of these movies is using a knife uh, but in this movie, there's there's some gunplay, um, which didn't have to be. But it's a new addition to the, you know, something that they've changed. There's also a character that has visions. Uh, she is related to Billy Loomis, the one of the first killers of the first film. And she is, that's her dad. But she didn't know that was her dad. But she's having these visions of Skeet Ulrich, a young Skeet Ulrich. So that's kind of a new aspect that this movie is doing, which I think can set up for something very interesting in the future. Because uh, she's a character that, spoilers, I'm definitely going to be saying some spoilers. I'll try to avoid big spoilers, but I'm definitely going to be enabled to talk about this. I'm going to spoil some things. But um, because she has this vision... There's moments where it seems like they could easily, which is a trope in horror movies, they could easily make this character snap in a future film. And in my opinion, I mean, it could go a couple ways if the character snaps. And this is an if, this isn't in this movie, but it's, it's something that, based on the events of this movie, you could see in the next movie, or maybe even one, one after. Maybe they do a head fake in the next one, and then scr Scream 7, they, they you know pull the trigger on it. Um, but the character can go, can snap and go a couple ways. She could snap and become like a Dexter character where she murders because she has this like serial killer energy within her, right? The, the lineage of, of her, her dad that she never knew, uh, Billy Loomis, the, the DNA of homicidal tendencies just pumps through her veins so she could harness that for good, like Dexter does, or obviously the easier way, the more common way, is she becomes the killer eventually. And not only the killer, but she might be, because of this, the, the thing, like because of that, they could easily give her the ability to be the best killer, like the best mastermind. Like you would, you would have to have great writing because all these movies are like a who done it, like who is the killer? Because the killer in these movies isn't like a monster. It's not a Jason or a Freddy or a Pinhead. It's it's people taking advantage of this costume that you can get anywhere in order to commit murders that tend to be related to the events of the first film or actually events that happen even before the first film uh with with um sydney prescott's mom that was killed before the events of the first movie they could do a prequel to the franchise they could do a lot of things and i'm i'm 
all for it because I enjoy the Scream franchise. And especially if these guys uh, maintain as directors for the franchise, uh, I think their love of these movies shines through and is it makes me comfortable that it's in these hands rather than some studio executive, right? Where it's just some studio like Disney pumping out live-action remakes of their classic animated films just so they can get more money. Instead of really trying to put good art into the world, they're just constant cash grab after cash grab, uh, which Disney is the best at. The best at. Uh, so I appreciate these guys in charge of it. And I could see the, you know, see the franchise going that way. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's great. So you have, in this one, as in all of them, there are rules, which is, there's like aspects of uh, Final Destination in this, where it's like, instead of trying to uncover Death's plan, which is the Final, final Destination kind of a trope, kind of framework for their horror movies, this one is trying to figure out who is the killer. And the rules of the killer come from the rules of film that these movies all comment back on. But specifically in this one, it's all about the Stab franchise, uh, which, again, I appreciate that they're able to, like, kind of condense all of the external types of references references that they could have into a, a singular f fictional franchise that only exists in this movie franchise. Makes it very very much uh you know almost a perpetual machine of possibility um a little bit gorier kills i appreciate as well you know the not a lot of gore in the early films uh, a little bit more violent as well in this film join inspired disorder plus today head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus to join Membership includes members-only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor Show completely ad-free, as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspire Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspire Disorder Plus member today. One of our main characters does not survive. You know, out of the three main main characters, one of them will not survive. And it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Uh, it makes sense because it gives... It's one of the few characters that can die in this movie where the audience is going to care about because we don't really get to know too much about these new kids in this new movie. Uh, and in my opinion, none of the characters are that interesting in comparison to the original film like very interesting characters very unique characters in the first screen film where this one despite the fact that racially they're all very diverse which i appreciate 
but from a performance perspective from like a trying to flesh out a type of person that you could be to make it interesting like the actors did in the first film i think this movie is lacking the only characters that are close to that are the two the twins that are uh related to randy the the niece and nephew of randy um but yeah it's uh other than that that's the only part of this really that that was kind of lesser than because i'm not really rooting for any of them i'm expecting them to die you know because is this is that type of movie not everybody dies obviously people survive from this one from the original group but definitely people die but the only death you really care about at least for me that i truly was like bummed about is one of the original three um and it's also sad because that character that dies had multiple scenes that were cut out so if you purchase this like i did on itunes or through apple uh they have deleted scenes and they have like uh commentaries and interviews and things like that and all of the deleted scenes are with the character that dies so not only do we lose this character from the movie from the franchise which is a bummer uh i mean any of them dying would be a bummer but not only that not only do we lose them we but we lost a bunch of scenes for, from them in this movie which I have a feeling the only reason I could think of why to remove more storylines from that character is because it would have been a tell to the audience, possibly, that they were going to die. Because they are shown, like, you know, it's the, if the movie's showing you a character a lot, you know that the people that are being shown the most are generally the ones that are going to be messed with more potentially like to die or whatever or be the killer um yeah it's a a really fun movie they the end is they paid so much attention during the interviews uh with the directors that they they wanted to a lot of the references and meta stuff is not as blatantly displayed and talked about in the movie as in previous films. So there's a lot of like commentary and meta stuff that if you don't see it, you did, you just, if you're not paying attention or you're, you're just, you know, whatever you can miss it. But knowing that it's there, it's just like these small little details that are in the background that nobody brings attention to. One of those things is the fact that, this the end of this movie takes place in the same house of the end of the first one and that's by design because the killers in this are the toxic version of fandom and they want to recreate in in their own way the events that happen in the first one in the same order of like i think of locations killing locations um so that's super interesting. That's super like crea a creative way to, which I appreciate in movies that have like references to other things, but the narrative of the story doesn't re require the audience to know all of those references. Like there's some movie franchises that are just all fan, f fan references that only fans would know, but because it's 
made by a, a bad storyteller as an audience member you're kind of lost like things just kind of happen you don't really understand why or how or who uh and that's because it's 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 relying on the audience knowing the references and i don't like that um where this one you know if you see it that's awesome and i didn't even realize i i knew that it was in the same house there are scenes that are are shot like exactly the same but instead of like there's a scene in the first one where Randy's on the couch. They're having he's having a they're having a party at his house, and they're all like over to watch uh, Halloween, and he's like yelling at his TV screen for Jamie Lee Curtis to turn around. Meanwhile, the killer's right behind him, and there's the exact same scene with his niece and Stab on the TV. And the Stab movie that they're she's watching is Stab One, which is basically Scream but with a different actor. It's great. Super interesting. Also back to the whole how the the ability of of stab to kind of be that that thing that all the references can kind of fold back into instead of like you you never have to watch Halloween in this one because unlike the first one, it's not referring to that. It's just referring to the first screen movie, which is great. So I loved it. Um and it's a movie that that even like criticizes itself, which I appreciate. Like it knows it's a, a requel, it's a legacy sequel, whatever you want to call it, a reboot. Um, in a lot of ways, it's like a, a reboot sequel. So I appreciate that because it knows it's a movie that knows what it is. And and on all those on all those levels. I really appreciate it. it. Like from who the killers turned out to be, uh, from the motivations of the killers, similarly to, to Scream 4, uh, kind of similar kind of ideals there, kind of uh, uh, motivations, similar motivations. Uh, but yeah, I would highly recommend checking it out. Scream 2022, uh, out now on Video On Demand. And if you're a fan of the Scream franchise, it is definitely one of my favorites. And make sure to check out my top five Scream movies uh, later on in the week uh, to see how this one stacks up with the rest of the franchise. And I'll talk about all the movies and why I chose to put them at what uh, ranking uh, when I do that. So check that out as well. Uh, but if not, check out Scream from 2022. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.